everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Out of Bounds with Dylan James right here on JDF Media. I am joined as always by Tyler Sorensen, producer extraordinaire. He's everything to the show. Thanks for uh, joining us once again, Tyler. Of course. I wouldn't miss it, especially with the Green Bay Packers making the playoffs in a rebuilding year. I'm glad we had our four weeks of rebuilding. That was fun. It's very easy. I don't know why teams last like 15 years to try to do it. I, yeah, I don't know why either. I mean, you need to probably ask the Giants that. You need to ask, I don't know, the Raiders. Chicago. That. Chicago. Chicago that. Raiders. There are several teams Detroit. that are still trying to rebuild that way. So, yeah, Detroit for sure. But, I mean, they're getting there this year. So, they got there about the same yeah. time you did. So, that's that's good. That's fun. Um, yeah, there's not, not really big Titans news, really. Um here in Nashville that, that's gone on in the past I mean, five days. Um, but I'm sure we'll probably talk about something that occurred here yeah. in Nashville. Um, my, minute, minute stories that are happening. I know Taylor Lewan hugged her head coach. He did. Yeah, he did. And Will Compton did too. And that kind of led to something else happening that I did not expect to happen this week. So we'll talk about that momentarily because i have some uh some words to eat a, a shoe to get out of my mouth this evening after um our discussion last week on the Titans scenario but welcome to the show if you're new to us feel free to share us with your friends your family uh your loved ones and also subscribe to us on youtube we are also on facebook we are on twitch we're on kick follow us everywhere uh, share us with your friends. We always love to get this conversation going because we have a lot of coaching firings to talk about. We have a lot of playoff predictions to talk about. We have Super Wild Card Weekend coming up on Saturday, which will be very fun to watch. So I'm excited to see those games this weekend. But uh, yeah, we have a lot to discuss this evening. And also, chime in in the chat. We'd love to hear from you as well. Chime in, in the chat. We'll put your comments on the screen and we will talk about anything and everything you all want to talk about this evening, but there are a few stories we'd like to get off our chest first. Um, big news happened this week. A lot of firings have happened this week, and also coaches who have decided to mutually part ways with teams, a.k.a. not get fired, but just gracefully dip out. Um, we'll talk more about that in just a moment, but the big firings that happened that we expected to happen Ron Rivera from the Washington Command, uh, Washington Commanders, he is gone from the team. They relieved him of his duties on Monday, on Black Monday. And Arthur Smith, not very long after his loss on Sunday, was he relieved of his coaching duties by Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. So they are in the search for a head coach as well. But the big firing that kind of left me speechless was a firing I didn't expect to happen just a week ago. The national media now is saying, oh, Mike Vrabel wants to leave because Bill Belichick is probably leaving the New England Patriots, which we have Kevin Fitz Morris in the chat, which Fitz, maybe he can shed some light on the Bill Belichick scenario there in New England. But they're saying, oh, well, he was there for the ring of honor this, earlier this season. Mike Vrabel was with Robert Kraft in his box. What were they talking about? Were they talking about potential head coaching position for Mike Vrabel to obtain at the end of this season? Is there contention there between Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel so Mike Vrabel goes somewhere else? I don't buy it. I, I think it, they're trying to create a story. That's all they're doing. They're trying to create a story and making it to where it just blows up on media, blows up on social media, blows up everywhere. 
And even Mike Rabel came out on the podium earlier this week and said, listen, I'm not listening to social media reports. I'm here to do a job. I want to stay here in Nashville. I want to build a winning team here. I want to make, I want to get a championship here in Nashville. Mike Vrabel's not going anywhere. Put it to bed. He's not. And if he does, you can clip this, clip this video and show it to me beginning of next season. He's not going anywhere. And I'll be the first person to say I was wrong if that happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, terrible take by me that this would not happen. I should have seen the writing on the wall. It seems like the contention people were saying, media reports were saying the contention was between Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel, but there was a story that came out on The Athletic today discussing what happened, why this happened, and it sounds like the contention was more between Amy Adams Strunk and Mike Vrabel, especially after the Hall of Fame induction into the Patriots Hall of Fame that Mike Vrabel went to earlier this season. It seemed as though there were some comments discussing the Patriots organization saying there's there's just a culture here, a winning culture here that you just can't find everywhere. And Amy Adams Strunk felt like that was a blow at the Tennessee Titans. After that happened, it seemed as though the conversation between Amy Adams Strunk and Mike Vrabel never happened in the sense of Amy Adams Strunk telling Mike Vrabel that hurt me or that hurt this team, that hurt you know the, the my optics of you as the head coach of this team. So it just festered for weeks on weeks on weeks. The two losses to Houston this week, this this year, didn't help as well, especially the loss to Houston at home in the Oilers throwback jerseys did not help Mike Vrabel's case at all. And at the end of the day, Amy Adams Strunk just came out to say, look, we we have a different direction for this team. And Mike Vrabel is just not in that direction right now. He's not in the cards right now for this team to be successful moving forward into next year. Uh, in my mind, I felt as though Mike Vrabel was going to stay one more year. And, and that's what I kind of voiced last week on the show. I felt as though the team was going to give Mike one more shot. But I understand after looking at everything, looking at all the evidence, looking at the fan perspective, the media perspective, everything that's happened over the past few days here in Nashville, because it has been crazy. If you do not follow Titans Twitter, you should. Just, just type in hashtag Titans, look on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, and see the conversations that were happening over the past 24, 48, 72 hours. It has been wild, wild on there. Um, There are some people thinking that Mike Vrabel was a six-time winning Super Bowl head coach, and they were very upset that the team let him go. Um, Others think that he was not a good coach at all. Uh, He just was in the right place at the right time. I'm kind of in between. I don't think he was a bad coach. I don't think he was a great coach. I think he was a good coach. I think Mike Vrabel was a good coach for the team. I think Mike Vrabel is a good coach for a team that is already established, a team that already has players in place. Here are some of the points that came out from Titans fans and Titans media after this firing occurred. The big one was Amy Adams Strunk did not speak to reporters after this decision came down. And this was a decision on her shoulders that she spoke to Mike Vrabel the morning of his firing and told him about it. Did not tell Rand Carthon beforehand, it sounds like. It sounds like it was just, this is what we're going to do moving forward. This is my decision. Amy Adams Strunk did not answer questions from the media. However, she did have a prepared five-minute-ish video that got released by Tennessee Titans on their website. 
and also on social media as well, discussing the firing. So that was one big question. Why didn't Amy Adams Strunk answer questions from reporters? What else did you want her to say? That's the question I have for the Nashville media. What questions did she not answer during that video that you wanted answers to? A lot, a lot of the questions were Mike, Mike Keith, voice of the Titans, was the interviewer in this scenario. Mike Vrabel, Mike, Mike Keith did a great job asking questions, asking what was what was the decision behind this? Why did you come to this decision? Uh, it, it, it seemed like a very well thought out thing. It wasn't team propaganda, as people are saying it is. Um, I think that's just a, a lot of buzzwords coming out from the national national media that are being echoed by fans because they hear these buzzwords. So they're not watching it on their own and not, not taking their own perspective of it, um, which is kind of disappointing. Um, that's the one question for me, though. What other questions did you want to hear? What other questions did you want to ask Amy Adams that, that Mike Keith didn't? That, number one. Uh, number two. They were freaking out, media was freaking out, that Rand Carthon did not provide a team vision moving forward. You just, you just fired your, your coach, who was the coach of the team for six seasons, who in the past 24 games was 6-18 and 18 before talking to any candidates for your new position. Do, do you just want boilerplate, a boilerplate vision right now? We want to win games. We want to go to the playoffs. We want to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you did not watch the video with Amy Adams Strunk, who said, we want this team to be successful. We want this team to win championships. We want to bring championships here to Nashville. So what? Did you want them to read you a, a, a college dissertation on what the team vision is going to be moving forward? Don't you think that collaborating between the GM and the head coach and the owner, they would be able to come together with a team vision at a later date that probably would be closer to what they want it to be. Number two, number three, this team, the past three seasons has been the most injured team in the NFL. They've used the most players each of the last three seasons in the NFL for their roster. So how does that breed success? How, how, how do you expect that to change when the same power structure is there, when the same coaching staff is there, when the same strength and conditioning staff is there? It's not going to. It's going to remain the same. Lastly, Mike Vrabel, in my opinion, is not a developmental coach. He's not going to go out to every single position and develop every single position, every single player, you have to have a coaching staff around you. I, mean, I don't know of many coaches out there, maybe Bill Belichick, maybe, that can actually be considered a developmental coach in every position, every facet of the game from top to bottom. I, I don't think there are any, unless, Tyler, you can think of one. I, I can't think of one. You have to have a good staff around you as well. And I think that Vrabel had his blind spots. Vrabel liked to hire people he was familiar with which is fine, but they have to be good at their job as well. They have to help you succeed. And in this scenario, they were not helping you succeed. The biggest things I took away from this season, the offensive line and the cornerback room, both rooms did not develop this year. 
There was no progression throughout the season that led me to believe that this team was going to be better by week 18 or that led me to believe this team is going to be better week one of the 24-25 season. So even though when I first saw the news two days ago on my or yesterday, whenever it was, it's been a whirlwind, I'm telling you. When I saw the news on my phone, I, I was speechless. I even tweeted out, <laughs> I'm speechless because it just, it, I wasn't expecting it to happen this way. Um, they also talked about, you know, there potentially being a trade, but it's, it's so convoluted these days with there has to be an opening for a team to start hire, uh, start interviewing people for a head coaching position. The head coach has to agree to that specific trade. Why would Mike Vrabel be trading away pieces to his new team, to his old team, to weaken his success that, that might be there at the new team, to not have as many assets on that new team. There are a lot of key factors in this. Amy Adams Strunk came out and said, look, I don't want to wait three weeks. I don't want to wait this long time to go out there to find a head coach because I know I'd be at the back of the line if that was the case. And I, I completely understand that. She has the most cap space in the NFL next year going into next season. She has a top 10 draft pick. She has a quarterback that could potentially be your franchise quarterback moving forward. You have those three things that are usually key pieces to a successful franchise moving forward. Do you think that Mike Vrabel, who might be on his last leg with the team going into next year, being the head coach of this team, making all those decisions, making all those personnel decisions and spending all this money, is that a good idea if you are planning on potentially firing him next year? At the end of the day, it's not. I think she made the right decision in her mind, and I think that she, I think she did too. All the all the the firing she's made so far in her career as the owner of the Tennessee Titans, the controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans, she has improved the position, whether it be GM, whether it be head coach, each time. Mike Vrabel, unfortunately, like I said, the last twenty four games, six and eighteen. Even though you have the most injured roster in the league, you lost more one score games than you won in the past two seasons. And you had a lot of one-score games, but you lost them all. So at the end of the day, am I upset? Not really. I think that we all move on. I think that it's a fresh slate. I think there are plenty of candidates out there who are viable options for head coach, the Tennessee Titans, and also other positions as well. And um, I, I think that we move forward from this. And good luck to Mike Vrabel. Hopefully he can find a team that actually has players there already, a good foundation already, and not going into a rebuild. And hopefully he can be successful there too, which I think he will be. I know there's a lot to throw at you, Tyler. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the firing? I mean, I think, what was it, 2019 was the year that you guys had that deep playoff run, almost made it. I think you guys made it to the championship game versus Kansas City and ended up losing. I think that was your best shot to make the... Super Bowl. I think you guys didn't really have a shot the past few years, especially like you said, your injuries, the offensive line, defensive line wasn't really the best shot, especially after you traded. AJ Brown was really just like, hey, Derrick Henry, you're going to be the backbone of our team. And that's the reason why you're losing all these one score games. But again, I think, like you said, he's a good coach. I think a lot of, I think him and Bill, I think those are the top two candidates for that LA Chargers job. I think those are going to be the top two, no matter what. I think. I think if you can find them both, I could also see them hiring both and just being like, hey, Vrabel, you're going to be our DC. And just once Bill, because maybe Bill's there only for like two, three years. And then once Bill's like, hey, I'm done, I'm putting it up completely. 
then you already have that contingency plan with Rabel being like, hey, you're now the head coach no matter what. But again, it's interesting to be like, hey, like especially in the Titans, I feel like it was very like Rabel wants to win. And I think he wants to try to win, but that I don't think the Tennessee Titans, I don't think they're in a position now where it's like, hey, we're going to be a winning team in the next three, four years. I think within three, four years, then he'll be winning. But I think next year, I think it's going to be a very bad season for the Titans. I could still see it being a, I mean, especially with the cap space, especially with the draft capital we have this year too. I could still see it being a similar trajectory as we've seen with the Green Bay Packers this year. I think we can, if we have the right staff in place, I think you can be one of those teams that can be a fringe team. I yeah, Do they go yeah. to the Super Bowl next year? No, they don't. But they can still be a fringe team. Again, a lot can change over the next eight months until yeah, we're in, in, with, in week one of the 2024 season. Um, yeah, especially with the offseason and everything. If you guys do, I would say focus on the defense in free agency and focus on the offensive line through the draft. I think that's probably going to be your best bet. Obviously, if you do end up trading DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's your sort of sign and be like, hey, we're we're changing everything. But it's going to be, it's going to be different because this, this whole team is going to be uprooted i think within the next next year we're not going to have any really big name players yeah i mean the big thing is to looking at the roster turnover based on free agent free agents who are going to be available after this season the titans were looking at about a 40 plus percent turnover rate next year and that was before mike vrabel got fired so as of right now (laughs) It looks like it's going to be a completely different roster than what we saw this year. And uh, Jordan Gaith in the chat. Jordan, sorry, I can't pull up your comment right now. But Jordan Gaith in the chat saying, go Lions. Which, hopefully, actually, you know what? I think I, I think I figured this out. I think I know why. Um, hopefully, the Lions do do well in the playoffs. I, I, th- I think they will. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Um, because, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good story there for sure. Although, I mean, their offensive coordinator is a very, very highly sought after candidate for head coaching positions right now. Ben Johnson, even though he's asking potentially for $15 million a season. That's insane. Cause I know, uh, uh, Eric Spolstra just got that in the NBA. He got like 18 million a year. I know Jim Harbaugh is looking for that. And I feel like Jim Harbaugh is much more, of a resume behind him than Ben Johnson, in my opinion, because national championship winner made it to a Super Bowl with the with the 49ers back in 2012. I think he's much more deserving of 50 mil than Ben Johnson. Yeah. Which... Mike Vrabel was making 9.5 million a year with the Titans after his newest extension. So I I don't see 15 mil. Apparently that was a report from um, Josina Anderson, I believe. Then, Apparently it was met with some, uh, met with some, what am I trying to say? Um, his agent came out and said, that's not, that's not accurate. That's not an accurate report, but I I still think that that is fascinating. I I don't know why that number came out in the first place, but I could see it also being like, Hey, yes, we're looking for this. If we get this, then this is very good, but I don't think we're going to get it. That could be like one of those starting point. Yeah, if we get 15 mil, we're going to sign there. But if we're probably not going to, because I think this is, yeah, this is his first year being a head coach. So if we get 15 mil, great. That's one of those things where it's like, it's like me selling my car. Like, hey, if I get $1,000 for it, 
take it. I'll give it to you. But if we get a little bit, then it's like, oh, okay. Like, also give it to you. But it's like, negotiate. I wanted the, yeah. It's good business sense. Good business sense. Um, let us know what you think in the comments about these firings as well. We'll be going down the uh, the list of the other firings, the notable firings that we've seen over the past 24 to 48 hours, um, including Nick Saban in college. Alabama yeah. coach is out. And he's retiring. He's saying adios to coaching, apparently. Do you think he stays out of football? God, no. He went back to Alabama today. <laughs> I mean, like he, he literally went back to Alabama. No, I don't think he stays out. I could see him going to like college football game day, just doing stuff like that, being like a Lee Corso sort of player. Sort Pat of McAfee guy. show as well. Pat McAfee show. I could see him doing that stuff. I don't, do I think he's going to coach anymore? Probably not. Do I see him being in Alabama as like an advisor sort of situation? Yes. He's doing interviews for his, for, uh, for the next head coach. So I could see them doing that. It's like, why not? It's the greatest college football coach of all time, which it was weird seeing yesterday, seeing like hit the slideshow of him and all these different uniforms. It's like, I just see him and I'm like, yes, Alabama, not LSU, Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville. Like, I don't see him in that. I see him like, oh yeah, he, he's been in Alabama his whole life. Like, yeah, but it seems like it seems that way. He's been there for what? 20, 15, 20 years. years? Well, no, he went to Miami for, or, uh, that's right. He went to the NFL for, for a little bit. bit. Yep. He did. So he's, I think it was like he's been there for a long time, though. Yeah, 2007, 2008. Yeah, he's been like there that. for a long time. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's interesting, especially the story that came out from Chris Lowe from ESPN. He was the one who broke the news yesterday on on Twitter, and I actually had to take a double ch- a double look because I, I a double take because I, I didn't realize it was actually Chris Lowe from ESPN at first. I saw the tweet come through, my brain wasn't wasn't processing it because it didn't have the blue check mark next to him. So I had to click into his profile, make sure it was actually Chris Lowe. I said, okay, he has enough followers to be Chris Lowe from ESPN. And uh, yeah, huge news coming out of college football. And that will definitely cause an earthquake in uh, their, uh, potentially their recruits, first of all, because they have a 30 day window now for those players to go somewhere else if they want to. Now that Nick Saban's not there, but it depends on who the head coach is going to be if they want to stay. Yeah, they already had, I think they already had like five or six people decommit. I know they had like a four star, like a five star wide receiver decommit already. So I I think it's going to be a big thing because it's like you go to Bama, you go there for Nick Saban, especially when you had all these other different NIL offers going to different places. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for it. And especially too, I think also with NIL deals becoming a thing, I think that's another reason why Nick Saban sort of wanted to get out of there because he didn't have the recruiting prowess that he had in years past where it's like it's becoming a lot more money centric than it is just hey i'll i'll be coaching you into a first round pick like yep that's why you're coming to alabama yeah it's it's definitely interesting um i know that the oregon head coach was apparently one of the front runners he was in tuscaloosa apparently last night he was in tuscaloosa there was there were plane logs that there was a plane leaving Eugene to go to Tuscaloosa. Then that plane was taken off of the flight logs. Then that fl- that flight was like disappeared. It became inactive, so people couldn't see where they were actually going. A lot is going on <laughs> with, with this search. Yeah. Um, and, and all I know is that yeah, yeah. All I know is that the Oregon coach said today that he's not going to Alabama. He told his players and he told people in Pat McAfee like, "Hey, no, I'm staying in Oregon. I like where we're going." Which I mean, like, hey, might as well. I mean, I could see him also having that interview with Alabama and not going well and then just being like, eh, whatever. Like, I'll stay with Oregon. I could, I think that's the more... I 
I think so too. Especially like, especially if he was in Tuscaloosa last night, which again there were reports saying he was. But if he went there, interviewed, didn't go well, there wasn't a a fit with him and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Maybe Alabama was like, "Look, we'll allow you. We'll allow your team to be the ones to go out there and say this is why this didn't work out," instead of us saying we don't want him. So it, it probably was a service to him more so than. Uh, yeah. a disservice in that point. Yeah, and I could see that happening, especially with Nick Saban being the one doing the interviews. I think he's much more in the focus of like, hey, like we're not going to tell people who we're interviewing and why they're not doing it. Like, hey, it didn't work out because especially Nick Saban's a Nick Saban's Nick Saban, so he wants to probably have the next Nick Saban to follow him. But it's like, again, it's like, hey, what are we going to do? Especially with college football, where that's just like it's a complete crapshoot half the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jordan is chiming in once again saying, is Day going to get let go from Ohio State? Losing to University of Michigan three years in a row doesn't look good on him. I think if he was going get, to get let go, we would probably would have heard it by now. Don't you think yes. so? I think it, yes, I think it would have, and especially too with what's his name? the Kansas quarterback. I can't remember his name to save my life. I know he got he transferred out to Ohio State. So it's Kansas State's quarterback. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know mm. he transferred to, to Ohio State. So I don't think he'll go there. I think he probably has another year or two. But if they lose to Michigan State, especially this year, if Jim Harbaugh does get let go or does end up going to the NFL, that's when you start looking at Ohio State and be like, hey, we 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 got to fire you. Like, we can't do this anymore. If, if four or five years go in a row where it starts to look as dominant as it was when Ohio State was the one winning it, then it's like, hey, we gotta, we gotta let you go. We can't be losing the, the team. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Ryan Day's still there. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't let him go before. But again, I think it's too late now. I think that this year they they go, you know, through the pace. I think they kind of realize that Jim Harbaugh's leaving, and so they say, look, we'll wait it out a year. If you can't beat the next guy in line, like you were saying, then um, it's time for you to go. So we'll see how that pans out. But. Um, yeah, I'm I'm actually very shocked that Ohio State did not let go of Ryan Day yet, but we'll see if it happens next year. Um, another one here. I don't know if OSU is looking before they let him go or not. Um, they might be, might be. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's go oh, to the NFL. Found, back. found the quarterback. Who is it? Will Howard. Will Howard. Will Howard from Kansas. You yes. said Kansas State. Yeah. Oh, Kansas State. The, yeah, he had the exact same statistics as uh, what whatever it is the current quarterback was that transferred to Syracuse. I can't remember college football names. I don't I either. Don't. Again, we need to do better at that in the off season. Um, yeah, that guy, that guy you're talking that about. Guy. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about these head coaching positions. They got uh, some more firings that we saw over the, pa- the past 24 hours. These were not necessarily firings. These were more um, mutual parting of ways. What they I described don't. it as. Um, the first one is Pete Carroll from the Seattle Seahawks, which was kind of surprising to me. I'm, I I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen now because, I mean, this team was still on the precipice of getting to the playoffs this year. But um, it turned out that uh, I guess it was time for Pete to hang up, hang him up in uh, Seattle and no longer be the coach there. Um, he is now an advisor for the Seattle Seahawks. And he is... Um, it's going to be interesting to see who actually comes in and st- steps into the shoes that were left there by Pete Carroll. Um, being an advisor for now, it seems like he's very youthful still. The press conference I saw yesterday, 
he had a lot of pep in his step. He was still out there loving to coach football. I'm actually kind of surprised he just he just went out and said, I'm going to stay as an advisor. I, I'm actually very surprised at that. I think, I think the biggest thing is he just likes Seattle. I don't think he wants to move his roots anywhere else but Seattle. I think he's in love with the area. I think he loves that place. I think especially, too, with them taking that second chance with him. I think because he wasn't he with the Patriots for a bit as like a head coach or something or with like another team, and then he was terrible, and then that's why they let him go to USC, and then he won the championship there, and then came back to Seattle. So I think that's sort of being like that whole thing of like, hey, you guys took that your second chance on me, won a Super Bowl, like we did as much as we could. I think that's sort of the reason why, and I think as well too. I know the GM and him are buddies. I think I think everybody in Seattle just loves them. So it's like why. Why leave a place when it's like, hey, I'm older. I think he's the oldest out of the three head coaches out of Saban and Belichick. So it's like, might as well stay around in Seattle where it's like, hey, I don't want to move really. I might as well just stay here. I have my roots here and have some fun while we're at it. Yeah. Um, Like I said here in the notes too, young team, playmakers, uh, tough division as well. It will be fascinating to see who they decide to go with um, whether it be an offensive mind, a defensive mind, um, it'll be very fascinating to see what happens with, with the Seattle Seahawks. So, um, congratulations to Pete. Pete did a great, Pete had a great career. Um, especially with Russell Wilson, those few years, they went to the Super Bowl and was able to win a Super Bowl, which is, which is great to add onto your resume. So kudos yeah. to, and by to the Pete. way, I, w- I was actually correct. He was the Patriots head coach until 99. I, so then his that, replacement, that sounded Bill familiar. Belichick. Sounded yeah, familiar. Bill yep. Belichick is now. Yep. Jeez. Um, speaking of Bill Belichick, and speaking of Cleveland, before earlier you were talking about Nick Saban working at Cleveland, uh, another guy who worked at Cleveland for a while as an assistant as well with Nick Saban was Bill Belichick. He got let go today by the New England Patriots. It, it was considered a mutual parting of ways, but Kraft kind of went into the reasons why they were letting him go. So, it's more of uh, closer to a firing than it was just a mutual parting of ways, but pretty much just said, look, it was time for a new direction. It's time for us to get back to our winning ways. He even alluded to the fact that it'll be interesting to see Bill Belichick in a cutoff hoodie on the opposite sideline coming up in the next few years. That bodes to the story of him wanting to go somewhere else, potentially being a head coach somewhere uh, I still think it's the Chargers. I, I think there's no other place in my mind that Bill Belichick can go and instantly be successful than there is with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Chargers are the team for him to go to, even though I know you mentioned Mike Rayle potentially being a, a coach that would go there as well. I, I still think that the Chargers would be foolish not to interview Bill Belichick and probably take him on quickly because they have a quarterback there. I mean, even the roster there before Brandon Staley this year, I thought the Chargers were going to be contenders in that division. I thought they were going to make some noise with Brandon Staley. I thought that I even said at the beginning of the season, I said, look, Brandon Staley probably going to make do something to mess something up in like the last game of the season to make it to where they missed the playoffs. But it just turned, it was a snowball effect. I mean, the injury to Justin Herbert, once he got injured, it just kind of just kept rolling downhill. Brandon Staley was doing Brandon Staley things. And here we are with no coach in Los Angeles. Um, Bill Belichick, though, I think going there, that's the best shot of him being successful, having another successful run as a head coach um, in the NFL would be the Chargers. 
Yeah, and I think also with them, I know I've heard like Commanders and Falcons. I think if the Commanders were to keep Montez Sweat and Chase Young, I think then the Commanders would look a lot more sexy, especially with them having the two with the two seed. But I think without them, I think that defense is a little bit too wishy washy. I think I think the most intriguing is definitely LA, and I think it's interesting to see who who ends up going there. If it is Vrabel, I think Vrabel, Belichick, and Harbaugh, I think all three of them could go there. I think Harbaugh, though, is the most, is the one that I can see going to either a different team, whereas with Vrabel and Belichick, I could basically see them like, yeah, I think they're going to go out there because I think that's the most complete team. And I think with that complete team, you want to have a coach that's like, hey, we're going to change the culture a bit. That's going to be a lot more defensive. The only reason I can see them not doing it is that they want a much more offensive-centric head coach rather than a defensive-minded head coach. That's the only way I could see that happening, especially with having Brandon Staley as your head coach for the past three years. But again, that's one of those things where it's like, we'll look past it because it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, too, I think they got burned by trying to get a young offensive mind to come in there and Brandon Staley... So I think at this point, the Chargers are kind of on the opposite end of what other teams are doing. I think they're looking for a coach that is a a seasoned head coach, a coach that can bring in the right guys to coach the opposite side of the ball that they don't coach on. So with Mike Vrabel, it'd have to be an offensive coordinator, a good offensive coordinator that would come with him to be able to coach up Justin Herbert. Um, I'm sure that Austin Eckler would love to have a Mike Vrabel type in Los Angeles because that would get him the ball more often, especially in and just running running plays, but then also with the screen screen passes and things like that, I think he'd be more involved in the in the offense if Mike Rabel was there. Um, but Bill Belichick's going to make Justin Herbert a gunslinger. He, he's just going to say throw it down the field, and hopefully Quentin Johnston or you know one of your other guys, Keenan Allen, will go back down there and catch it or Mike Williams. Um, but I, I still think they want a a a, a seasoned established head coach they don't want to get burned again by some young gun they'll wait another few years before they actually go out there and try to find a younger guy to be a head coach here but someone who can come in and and start winning today I think that's what they're looking for in Los Angeles and I think that's what they can get in Mike Vrabel or in Bill Belichick most likely Bill Belichick though yeah oh yeah 100% if you're able to get Bill Belichick why not get him yeah absolutely um another Interesting fire that we we haven't talked about yet. It's not a head coach. It's a coordinator, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, Wink Martindale, who's had some ties. He's worked with the Baltimore Ravens before, worked with the Giants, and he's worked everywhere in the NFL. Um, Has had a lot of success there in the NFL as well. He got fired or got let go or left the team in New York, and apparently it was because he severed ties with Brian Dable. Did you hear how, like, he walked out of the building, like, screaming profanities at him? Just, like, everything like that. It was insane. I, I was, I was, I was like, listening to it. I'm like, this is just insaneness, if this is actually true. If it, if it is true, which, kind of, again, a lot of stuff comes out that isn't true. It could be true. That's why a lot of teams keep this closed door. I don't think we'll, we'll really hear anything from this, like, coming out of it. But it's, like, the stuff that happened, like, him having a whole team that was just under him, like he was the head coach instead of Brian Dable, the the whole severed ties with them, basically like not speaking for half the year. It was just, it just seemed like that was a whole conundrum for the Giants. A mess, a mess. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know if a team would want to bring him on. I know, I know you have a question here saying, will he be a defensive coordinator or a head coach next year in the league? I know there have been several reports saying that he was getting eyes. Uh, he was getting some looks for head coaching positions potentially. But if this report is true and teams believe it to be true, would you want to bring someone like that onto your team to have a potential situation happen like that in the future? I don't know. I, I would not. I would not even touch it, especially if this report does come out. And it's like, even if I don't, even if it's like, it's a little bit too far-fetched to be true, I wouldn't do it just because of that. Because it's like, hey, this is a little bit too far-fetched, but it could have that possibility of being true. Especially with, I'm just going to use my team as an example, because I'm pretty sure we're going to fire Joe Barry at the end of the season. Like, with a team that's like, it's very young, I don't want that happening, especially when you have these sort of comeuppance with Matt LaFleur being like a little bit egotistical at points i know i've had some i've heard some rumors about that i don't want that happening especially in our team where it's like severed ties could happen very very fast i think i would much rather want like a defense coordinator that's like hey i'm gonna do my job i'm gonna do well with it but i'm not i'm gonna keep my mouth shut my lane and stuff like that i would not want a one where it's like hey i can be a head coach if i wanted to i just decided to be a dc because yes but i don't know this this whole thing is weird and especially with the giant sort of collapse like, the defense was still good, but it's, like, even then, like, the whole team just seemed off from last year. Yeah, and, and a big thing, too, they actually came out with a report saying Daniel Jones is going to be the the starting quarterback again next year. They're giving back to Daniel Jones to be the guy moving forward. They feel as though he is the present and the future for the New York Giants moving forward. I mean, you paid him $40 million, so. I mean, you'd hope they would say that about him. Yeah, I'd hope. Uh, the only thing that I'm glad is, is that Saquon is out of there, which thank God. I I feel bad saying this, but I hope we're I hope the Packers are able to sign him. If we're able to get him in free agency, that would be an amazing pickup. Aaron Jones and and Saquon as like a one two punch. I think that would be an amazing pickup. But then again, I don't think I don't know. Obviously, the running back position is just very um, thin. I don't want to say thin, but not as valuable as it was. So if we're able to get him for like a two-year, $20 million deal, I think that would be an amazing pickup. Yeah, that would be huge for your team. I think that would be huge for any team, actually, getting Saquon Barkley that way because he, he still can be a bell cow. Even though there, there are less teams wanting a bell cow, he could still be your 1A and produce three downs. I mean, he could be out there all four. Yeah. He could be out there the entire game if you wanted him to be. But yeah. I know that most teams nowadays are looking for the two-running-back approach which is fine, uh, but Saquon, I think, could still allow your team to give him the ball 80% of the time rather than giving it 1B. Um, I think that's something that, that they should definitely uh, look at. Most teams should look at. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of looks in free agency, and um, he'll be another running back that's on the free agent list. Derrick Henry is out there too right now. If Mike, With Mike Vrabel not coming back to the Titans, I I, I – tend to believe that it might not be um, in the cards for the Titans to bring back Derrick Henry, which is a bit disappointing. I, I, I still kind of wanted Derrick Henry to come back, especially with what we saw the last game of the season. It still looks like he has, I mean, he finished the season number two in the league rushing. Still did. Yeah. And people kept saying that he has, you know, oh, he, it's, you know, he, he's, he's wearing down. He's not the same as he used to be. 
Number two in rushing in the league this year behind the 32nd ranked offensive line in the league were the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive resume for a guy that just turned 30. So, um, again, hope, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully the Titans are able, maybe, maybe Amy Adams drunk, you know, has a, a love for Derrick Henry deeper than I think she does. And she says, you know what? I want you to stay with the team for, you know, one or two more seasons, whatever it is, try to get him. Um, we'll see how that goes. But again, I think that Derrick Henry definitely can, can provide a spark to a team who picks him up in the off season for sure. Um, now that we've talked about firings and, and all the going-ons in the league, let's talk about the Super Wild Card Weekend, which has kind of been overshadowed by a lot of this news. But uh, let's kind of get into these matchups. I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on some of these games. And, um, yeah, let's see who's going to win these games and kind of go from there. So let's go down to the Browns at the Texans. Joe Flacco versus C.J. Stroud, the, the old gunslinger versus the – up-and-comer, the rookie quarterback, the rookie sensation. Who do you think wins this game um, at Houston this weekend on on, uh, on Saturday? This is going to sound crazy because I know it's crazy. Cleveland's going to win. They're going to make the Super Bowl. Ooh, okay. Okay. I can, I can genuinely see it a way, especially with Amari Cooper coming back from injury this past week. Joe Flacco, if he's... Because he's he went back he is not going back to his 2018 self he's going back to his 2012 self when they won the Super Bowl. I could definitely see them, especially with his stretch, if he keeps on playing the way he has. I could see them beating up on everybody in the playoffs. Because I think with the way it looks now, I gotta I gotta pull it up, but I think just the his pathway to it, it it's one of probably the easiest. I genuinely think because they'll probably they'll face the Texans who. It's a younger team. I could see them putting it up, but they put uh, Amari Cooper almost had 300 yards receiving in that game versus them a few weeks ago. And then they'll, they'll probably face, in my opinion, they'll probably face Buffalo, maybe. I would say probably Buffalo. Actually, no. I'm trying to think. Do they get reseeded every. It's the. Round. Lowest team always lowest team faces the first seed. So, okay, okay. so the lowest to, seed okay. would be I mean, I'm guessing the lowest seed would be no, the lowest seed would be um the Steelers, I believe. Yeah, lowest seed is the Steelers. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So Steelers would play Ravens and then the Browns would play. Oh, wait, so in my opinion, so okay, so never mind. I'm wrong. So Cleveland would play Baltimore in my scenario. So I have the Bills beating the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers have a shot no. against Buffalo. But I uh, so the Browns would face the Ravens, which I think if you're if you're the Ravens, you do not want to face any AFC North team. They all have your number no matter what. And I I think that could be a win for the Browns. And next would be either the struggling chiefs or the bills who are struggling and Josh Allen, who's been turnover prone. I could see them doing that. They're very opportunistic. So I could see a way where it happens and I might be insane, but it genuinely could happen. 
that would be fascinating to see if that did occur. Um, I, I still, I still, I'm aligned with you. I think the Browns will win this game. I think the Texans. Kudos to them for making the playoffs. First, you, know, you have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback. You're able to play as well as you did this season. You're able to win the AFC South, and you're able to get to the first round of the playoffs. I mean, kudos to you. You hosted a playoff game in Houston, the first time you've done that in quite some time. Um, huge building block for D'Amico Ryans and also for C.J. Stroud going into 2024. Uh, a lot of confidence going into 2024. I think that's that's huge for them, but I still think the Browns, yeah, I, I'm aligned with you. The Browns will definitely win this game because the Browns are just on another level right now. They're, they're, they're playing so well right now. And it's very hard for me to to choose uh, to pick against them at this point because Joe Flacco is playing lights out right now. Yeah, and uh, Greg Newsom the second is coming back from injury as well, so that's another star cornerback coming That'll back. Help. The only person, the only person I could see them wanting back in if they do to, as decide to make this deep run, if they do are able to make this deep run, is Nick Chubb, which obviously he's not coming back this season. But I mean, like you have Jerome Ford who's been very good. David Njoku's on another level. Amari Cooper's been amazing. Elijah Moore's balling for some reason, somehow. The defense of the Browns is just insane. Like, their whole team was injured at a point. It's just like, they're still in the playoffs as a five seed. Could, very well could make the Super Bowl run. And I think the, I think the AFC is much more intriguing than the, the NFC. Because there's so many different scenarios that I could see happening. That Whereas the NFC is just like, sort of top heavy. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, let's look at the Peacock game, which is Dolphins at, at Chiefs. I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans and Dolphins fans probably that are upset that it's streaming on Peacock only. But, I mean, that's just the way the world is working right now with streaming services. Um, Dolphins at Chiefs. I know you said you have the Chiefs in this game. Why is that? It's going to be cold. Cold as all hell. I think the Chiefs... I. I don't know. I think the Dolphins, they had multiple shots to win that game last week, and they just didn't. They weren't able to capitalize on it. Whereas I think if the Chiefs are able are in that position to win the game, I think they're much more inclined to. Obviously, the wide receivers don't look good. The running game doesn't really look all that good. The offensive line doesn't really look all that good. So the complete offense is just terrible, but that defense is still fairly strong, and I think the Dolphins' blueprint to beat them is out right now. You just sort of have to shut down Tyreek, and they... Shut down Tyreek and stop the running game twice, and then they go away from it completely. I think it's going to be rough for the Dolphins. I think they are still a year away. Which it's it sucks to say because I feel like this is the best year for them. But it's like again, they don't have an offensive line either. Their entire offensive line has been injured. It's just and especially too with them losing Bradley Chubb and Phillips this year with both with a, a ACL and Achilles injury. That's both your top two pass rushers gone. Xavier Howard, I think, is still out for this game. So you're going to be playing Eli Apple, so it's just going to be a lot of offense, in my opinion, and not a lot of defense. Yeah, tough. I, if they had Tyreek Hill, who is a hundred percent healthy, hundred percent healthy, even ninety percent healthy, I think they would be able to win this game against the Chiefs. I mean, I don't think it really it would matter if they had a defense that was as injured as we said they are because of Bradley Chubb and 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 uh, Phillips. I I still think the Chiefs are going to win. They're going to find a way to win. Even Patrick Mahomes has to put the team on his shoulders. 
and run into the end zone and score all the touchdowns and even kick all the field goals if he needs to. I think Patrick Mahomes will lead them to a win in this game, will them to a win in this game. And then, like you said, next year I think the Dolphins will have a pretty good foundation to move forward and be more competitive in the playoffs moving forward. I think this is just a learning year for Mike McDaniel as well. I think that um, once it gets past this, I think they'll be much better. So, yeah, I, I think that Chiefs will win that game against Dolphins because it's going to be freezing for rigid in Kansas City. Um, let's move to Sunday's slate. Steelers at Bills. I think we both had the Bills in this game because Steelers, they snuck into this playoff. They snuck in. Yeah. I mean, and they do that every single year. Like I said, when are you going to get to a point where you say, thanks for giving us 500 seasons every year, Mike, Mike Tomlin, but we have to find someone else to get over the hump because obviously we're not with you. That's what's happening right now. That's what the Titans just did with Mike Vrabel. That's what this, the Patriots just did with a six-time winning Super Bowl head coach in Bill Belichick. You have to do it at some point. I know it's going to be a tough decision. I know that it's going to probably not feel good when you make that decision. But you have to make the decision. And they're not going to win the game tomorrow or on Sunday. They're just not going to beat the Bills, unfortunately. I think the Bills are coming into their stride. I think that um, Josh Josh Allen will still make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. He'll make mistakes. He'll throw interceptions. Um, he'll even, I think he probably won't make it past the next round. But... They'll beat the Steelers at least. So I, I would say the Bills as well. Yeah, I would say the only way the Steelers could win this is if TJ Watt was healthy. With him getting that MCL sprain, I don't think they really have a shot. I think really the only way you could is just if, if you rush Josh Allen. But again, they don't have... They've got Miles Jack and Blake Martinez as your starting linebackers, I believe, which both those guys were out of the league last year. So Not good. Not good. Um, let's move to the next game, game that you're familiar with. The Packers at Cowboys, 4.30 on Sunday. And at Cowboys in Jerry World, the Dallas Cowboys have played quite well so far. There's been one game this year they didn't play well, but it was the most recent game or two games ago when they had that bad game at home. It was two games ago because they played in Washington last in Week 18. So, so they, it must have been two weeks ago. Yeah, they didn't have the best game two weeks ago, but um, they play up against a Packers team who was kind of surging towards the end of the season. So what what do you what do you expect for this game? Oh, we're gonna lose by twenty. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about anything. If we win, I think that puts more on the Cowboys than it does on us. If we lose, we're supposed to lose. I really it, we're playing with house money. I think it'll be interesting to see if we do come in. And we do beat the Cowboys because our record versus the Cowboys in the last like ten games is like nine and one or something like that. Or the Cowboys are one and nine against us, which is insane. So it's like you just go back to the most recent playoff games versus the Dallas. I think we're always the Dallas stoppers. It's us or San Francisco. So I think it's going to be interesting. And I think if if they do win this game, they're the two seed, so they're probably going to get they're probably going to get bucket Tampa Bay. In my opinion, Tampa Bay or or, uh, or LA, so I think it's going to be a rough, rough one. I think the only way we make this interesting is if the Packers do win it. I think that's the only way the NFC will be interesting playoff wise. 
Yeah. Um, Cowboys are favored by seven and a half. In this I, game. I, I'm slamming the over over that because we're going to have CB1 Preston Smith on CD Lamb. Yeah, it's going to be running tough. Slant routes, slant, running slant routes against Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, who I saw in coverage too many times in Week 18 versus Darnell Mooney and Economia St. Brown, former Green Bay Packer who torched us for like 60 yards on two. Yeah, um, I, I think that the defense would have to have career day. Each player on defense would have to have career days for them to beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Could it happen? We've seen, we've seen the Cowboys do worse in the playoffs the past few years, especially the, the play that Dak throws down, gets close to a field goal referee kind of gets in the way and they're not able to snap the ball in time before the clock runs out. What's going to happen this year? What scenario is going to happen this year to be added to the blunders that are property of the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know. Something's going to happen, though. I don't know if it's going to be this game. I don't know if it's going to be in the divisional round. Something's going to happen for the Cowboys. So even if you guys don't beat the Cowboys on Sunday, I still think the Cowboys will beat themselves at some point in the playoffs this year. Yeah, Dak is going to throw a pick six. I just know it. In one of these games, Dak is going to throw a pick six that's going to seal the game. I really hope it's against us because that will sort of bring back the memories of the 2010 Super Bowl run with, uh, I think it was Al Harris. I don't think it was Al Harris. It was, um, oh my God. Ah. I can picture the photo because I had the photo of the newspaper in my room forever, but he got a pick six right before, uh, right before halftime in the Atlanta Falcons game. They were okay. the ones who did it that, that year. I had that photo, and it was that it was that pick six. Like I could see that happening. And if it's against us, the only player who I could see that happening is Keyshawn Nixon being the player that does it. But again, if that happens, that'll just be insane. It'll be yeah. an insane run. Yeah, I agree. Um, last two games here: Rams at Lions. This is gonna be an interesting game for sure because this is Jared Goff's return home. This is Jared Goff, and. Well, not Jared Goff return home. It's going to be Matt Stafford's return home. Jared Goff playing against his former team in the Los Angeles Rams. Who do you have in this one? 6 p.m. on Sunday. I have. If Matt Stafford, uh, not Matt Stafford, if Jared Goff doesn't have to play hero ball, I have the Lions. If he does have to play hero ball, I have the Rams. I think it all relies on what Jared Goff is becoming if he becomes if he melts back into goofball mode he's not winning this game so i i have more trust though in the rams to do to upset the lions they're in a little bit of a streak right now but again it could it could really go either way i think this is the one of the most back and forth games that could happen i could see either one of them but just for just for the fun sake i, I say the rams they do keep it pretty close the rams do um, past few games against commanders, 28 to 20 was the final score for in favor of the Rams against the saints. 30 to 22 was the final score in favor of the Rams Rams against giants, 26, 25 Rams against Niners at Niners last week of the season, 21 to 20 was the final score. So I do see the Rams are, are hot right now. Four-game win streak going into the playoffs. 
Lions had that debacle in week 17 with the Dallas Cowboys we talked about. I, 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 it'd be very hard to say the Lions in this scenario. Yeah, I just don't think they have it was, Yeah, no, especially with Sam Laporta getting injured last week. If, if he's healthy, if he's fully healthy, then I would say Lions have the slight edge but with him being injured. I don't know his full injury status. I think he should be good to go versus the Rams. I think it was just a tweak in his knee. But again, you worry about that, especially with him being a rookie and having the amazing rookie campaign that he has, that he's has had this year. I think you worry about that. And I think the Lions are, I think the Lions still need a new quarterback. I don't think Jared Goff, Jared Goff is going to be the answer for them at QB. I think he can get them to the playoffs multiple times, but I don't think, I don't think he has that edge to him where it's like, if we need, if we need, if we need to score, we can put the ball in his hands. He's going to end up turning the ball over at some point. Hmm. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford will have more desire to win this game than Jared Goff will. Because Matt Stafford, yeah. I think he feels as though I mean, even though he's been playing great football, don't get me wrong, the end of his career is a lot closer than Jared Goff's end of his career. Um, and also, I think the the Rams are just set up for success. I think they're the ones who. Um, are here and they can meet the moment. I think the Lions need to learn how to meet the moment. They haven't yet. Yeah. Um, and I think they can. Uh, I think there might be some decisions that are made. Kind of like the game, you know, against Dallas. I think that if Dan Campbell had another chance to do it over, I think he would probably kick the field goal, probably kick the extra point in that game instead of try to go for two, three times in a row. Um, but you know. I think hindsight's twenty twenty. I think it's a learning season for the Detroit Lions. This is a huge, huge deal. They made the playoffs in the first place. So kudos to them. Kudos to Josh, uh, Jared Goff. Kudos to Dan Campbell. But I think they're one year away. So yeah. I think that the Rams will win this game. Um, last but not least, Eagles at Buccaneers, which it's kind of like, this is probably... Maybe not the worst, maybe the second worst game of the weekend that they're putting yeah. as the last game of the weekend, which I don't know why, um, but it's happening on ESPN, which that might give you an indication. On Monday night, ESPN, Eagles at Buccaneers. Who you got in this game? Buccaneers. I think also it's very interesting, too, because was it two years ago when everybody's saying, oh, we should get rid of Jalen Hurts? Then he had the then he was they were the seventh seed they faced the Buccaneers and obviously they ended up losing so and the, but they sort of kicked off their uh their sort of amazing sort of streak that they had then last year they made the Super Bowl then this year they're facing the Buccaneers again in the first round obviously different quarterback but I think it's also very interesting where it's like hey I, I the Buccaneers are struggling ever since that big Dom suspension they've been like what one in five so they haven't been able to put together a, a complete win I think the Buccaneers yes they struggled versus uh Carolina but uh, the Buccaneers just have too many weapons to, whereas the Eagles don't have they don't have anybody on defense that can stop anything yeah I think the Buccaneers like you said the weapons are there I think the Philadelphia defense has not been good this season um especially later half of the season they just haven't been able to stop anything and the injury to AJ Brown, injury to Jared uh, Jalen Hurts last week as well. How is that going to impact their play 
this weekend. Um, a lot of question marks for the Eagles this season. And again, it's tough to go back to back in the Super Bowl. It's tough to go back to the Super Bowl after you've been the year before for any team. Um, so I, it's going to be tough for the Eagles to even come out and be as competitive as they want to be as, and they want to put up points if they only have Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard out there being able to provide any offense for you. And you're relying on Jalen Hurts to throw the ball more so than you are used to because he ran the ball so many times with the brotherly shove, the tush push, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game, especially at yeah. in Tampa. Yeah, and I don't think as well that – I don't think Jalen Hurts has thrown a football yet this week since his injury. Or at least I heard that yesterday or something like that, which is still – I could see that happening, especially when it's your middle finger on your throwing hand, that it's going to suck. And especially too, when it's like, like we saw it last year where there's court where San Francisco's quarterback could not throw a ball. Like you could just run it. Like you just stocked, stock the box with seven players. Like yep. you can't do anything about it. So it's like, you got to have your quarterback to throw the ball. And it's like, if he, he, if he can't throw it, you have Marcus Mariota out there, which no offense to Marcus Mariota, but he does not look like the same player he was even last year. He looks terrible. He looks yeah. worse doesn't look good so and that goes to Shane Steichen as well kudos to Shane Steichen you know he was the offensive coordinator there he was the guy behind the scenes and once he left it seems like it all deteriorated after that so um yeah I think Buccaneers will be moving on I think the Eagles have a lot of questions going into the offseason I'm sure we'll see some sort of staff change in Philadelphia once they lose to the Buccaneers Oh, I'll see. Probably more. I would say more so defensive coordinator, not offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni. I say. I, I think there'll be some. They'll have discussions about play calling next year. I don't know if it's going to be a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's going to be somebody on the staff that takes over play calling. Um, something's going to have to give. And AJ Brown. I mean, it just seems like there's dissension in the locker room, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It just seems like it's not a good. It's not a good situation right now in Philadelphia, unfortunately. And um, how hard that city judges their football team makes it even worse. Yeah, if this was any other team than Philadelphia, then I don't think you'd really be hearing a lot. But since it is Philadelphia, it's like it's like it's the worst thing possible. It's like you you were just ten and one like five yep. weeks ago, like you were just in the Super Bowl. We'll fire our head coach, like. Okay, that's very reactionary, but yeah. it is Philadelphia. Mm, it is. Well, um, we don't have Peeper's Picks this week. I have not heard Peeper's Picks yet. We might release a graphic on it um, going into the wild card weekend on su- Saturday morning. We might release something. Um, we probably will release an OOB parlay as well for this weekend. So stick stick around for that. Keep your eyes peeled for that on Saturday morning on our socials on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We'll be posting that. And be sure, once again, subscribe to us on all your podcasting platforms and follow us on Facebook, Kick, Twitch, and YouTube. And uh, we'd love to have your support there. Tyler, anything else before we uh, end the show this evening and head into Super Wildcard Weekend? I wish we did one last week because I said before the Packers game last week, Chicago, Dontavian Wicks came back, and I passed a message in the group chat. Like, I have a feeling Dontavian Wicks is going to score two touchdowns tonight. We got our only two touchdowns. Dontavian, Dontavian Wicks. Wicks. 
I actually so. pulled a rookie card of his in a uh, Don Russ pack last week. Because I think Don Russ Wicks or Prism, is, one of the two. I don't know, but Dontavian Wicks is our wide receiver core. I'm I'm very excited to see them grow because honestly, Romeo Dobbs is he was like supposed to be like the next Donald Driver, and even then, he's. I think next year, I think he's going to be third, fourth in the depth chart. I think we have so many good receivers. There he is. Dontavian Wicks, a laser prism parallel of uh, of him. So there you go. I'll, keep, I'll, I'll hold on I to have, that and see how it goes. It should go good. I could see him. I could see him making at least the Packers Hall of Fame, especially if we do win the Super Bowl this year. That would be hey. insane. But I got. I have not opened a open a football card pack in 10 years. Well, you need to. There's which, some good rookies for the Packers. This I know I need to, but I, it's too expensive. Jalen Reed as well. Yeah, you should see my closet back there. In in the closet, I've got a trunk about my hands are too big for the camera, but like bigger than the camera. Yeah. It's it's just full, full of cards of like binders and boxes and everything. I'm like, I should sell some of these because they're all of them are like, oh, here's a bunch of teams that I don't really care about. And it's like all separated by teams. I'm just like, I should sell some of these and just like buy Packers cards because that's the only thing I really care about. But yeah, that's what you should do. And it's fun though. I mean, pulling pack. I mean, pulling cards and opening packs and stuff. Um, definitely something that we I love doing over here. And also, we do have a, a show on JDF Media that will be coming back eventually. Coming back soon, hopefully. Um, John and Mike over there at House of Cards will be joining JDF Media once again in the near future. We're still trying to figure out uh, a, a premiere date for the show to come back. But we'll be talking more about football cards, hockey cards. All sorts of sports memorabilia, so stay on the lookout for that. But yeah, I actually opened up some Don Russ football today um, cards. I actually pulled my first downtown, which is a huge variant. It's a case hit of for Don Russ, and it was Jackson Smith in Jigba, actually. So pretty good card there. Um, trying to figure out if I can get a Will Levis uh, in exchange for that card at some point for a downtown Will Levis. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, enough talking about cards. Thanks for watching this week, guys. Tyler, yes? Before we leave, I got to ask you this question because I was talking to my buddies about this. Yeah. Chicago Bears. I was going to have a quick little video on this but a little bit beforehand, but then I messed up and I didn't send it. Where do you think Justin Fields go if they trade it? If they trade him? Atlanta or Seattle? I think those are the only two landing spots for him that it could happen. Depends on what the new head coach in Seattle wants. To, oh, it depends on what the new head coach in either position wants to do. I think it'd be he'd be best suited in Atlanta, especially with the team that's built around him already with Bijan Robinson, with Kyle Pitts, with Drake London. I think they have some really good weapons there, but they also have some very good weapons in Seattle. You have Zach Chardonnay. You have DJ DK Metcalf is over there too, which he's coming up on. His, I th- did he already get his extension? I think he did, right? I think he's, I think he's next. Or is it next year that they're working on that? I think this year is his fourth year in the league. Uh, next oh, no, year I'm sorry. This, or, no, two years from now, he's a UFA. Because he got signed in 2018 or 19. I think 18 uh, with A.J. Brown. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like he had a bonus... Last year, he signed a three-year contract. Okay, so a last year, he signed so an extension. So DK's still yeah. there in Seattle. So you have DK, you have Zach, you have... Tyler Lockett, Jason. Tyler Lockett, yep. 
So, I mean, you, you still have you, JSN, too. Yeah, well, especially Jackson Smith and Jigba. You have weapons there, too. I think Falcons, though, Makes are closer sense. to success than Seattle is. Okay. And it's indoors, too. You're in, a, you're in a dome instead of it being up there in Seattle, 12th man. I think it's a better market, too, there in, in Atlanta. I think over the past, you know, 15, 20 years when they've been successful in Seattle, it's turned into more of a kind of like a New York market where it's then kind of turn on you pretty quickly. If you start losing, um, especially if a new head coach comes in there and doesn't do well, I think that might be a bad yeah. thing. But when Atlanta, I mean, they're kind of getting net back into the, um, not mediocre, but the average football team, NFL team. Yeah. So I think it might be a better situation for him there, but we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, thanks for watching this week, guys. And we will talk to you once again next week, Thursday, 8 or 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time <laughs> right here on GDF Media. Mm-hmm.